Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Luke 13, 10 through 17. Now he, Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. She couldn't do it. She couldn't do it on her own. Do you see that? She, she couldn't do that on her own. In no way could raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called, to him, called, called, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid hands on her. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, and this is passive aggressive. He, he doesn't address Jesus with whom he's mad, but he speaks to the crowd uh, uh, about this woman and Jesus. There are six days, he said, on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. This cat didn't care anything about this woman. The Lord then answered him. Jesus answered him. So Jesus, you know, forget the passive aggressive approach. He speaks directly to him and said, hypocrite. That's not passive, but it is aggressive, right? This is active aggressive. Hypocrite. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, he says, for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. And when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. I want to continue our series, which is our theme for the year, Free Indeed. Let's say a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness, for your word, for your goodness. I pray, God, that you would anoint me to speak, anoint us to hear, speak to us today, set people free in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> the incident in our reading took place at the end of Jesus' earthly ministry. He had been kicked out of many synagogues. The religious elite had set him down, put him in time out, disciplined him. But for some reason, he was allowed to preach in this synagogue. The, the, the ruler or the, the pastor of this particular synagogue, maybe he thought Jesus had learned his lesson. Maybe he thought Jesus had done his penance, his time, and had been domesticated and tamed. And, and maybe Jesus wouldn't do something crazy, you know, like heal somebody on the Sabbath day. But I want to tell you it's the same today as it was back then. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can't tame Jesus. You can't throttle back his love and compassion, and you can't govern his power. I'm here to tell you if somebody is moving in faith, there ain't no devil in hell that can stop him from getting to that person and setting them free. And that's exactly what happened in the story we read. This little lady was moving in faith, And we'll talk about that in a minute. She was moving in faith, and Jesus 
touched her. He literally touched her. He laid hands on her, the scripture says. He was not afraid of her or of her demons, so to speak. Jesus, we see him throughout his ministry, touching lepers, liars, cheats, prostitutes, thieves, Jews and Gentiles alike, Samaritans, the dirty, rich, poor, blind, deaf, mute, greedy, prideful, dead, demon-possessed, and not one of them messed him up, but he always lifted them up and always fixed them up. Aren't you grateful that's the way our God is? Aren't you grateful that one day he touched you? Amen. Now, I want to focus on this woman in our reading. Jesus calls her a daughter of Abraham. She's a woman of the covenant, a pious woman, a good, godly, God-fearing, church-going woman. And yet, as we read, she was under the influence of Satan. It says that. She was under the influence of the devil. The Syriac and Ethiopic versions say that she was oppressed by a demon and had been that way for almost two decades. I, I dealt with this last week. You can go listen to the podcast I know she was not born again like we can be born again. But, but you hear me. There are born again Christians uh, today. People of the new covenant who are oppressed by the devil, by, by demonic influences, and have been for much of their walk with God. I, I gave biblical examples last week. You can go check it out. But there are Christians, I would say, even in this house today, who have been oppressed by the devil. You've got to understand, sometimes those urges that come upon you, they're not just you. Sometimes those cravings, it's not just you. That weakness, it's not just you. That habit is not just you. That sickness, perhaps, is not just you. There can be a supernatural influence, a demon that puts a harness on you, a yoke on you, a bit in your mouth to control you, to work you, to get you to do His bidding, to keep you down, and most of all, to keep you from God's best and fulfilling the calling and destiny that God has on your life. The 19th century French poet Charles Baudelaire wrote that the devil's best trick is to persuade you that he does not exist. This woman in our reading, she was not well. Dr. Luke is careful to give the medical description, the details. He says she was bent over, could in no wise raise herself up. It seems as if her back or her neck, she was in a locked downward position. Some medical experts have suggested that she had spinal stenosis. We do know that her movement was very restricted. The Syriac version of your Bible says that she could not stretch out a hand or a foot. She was very limited. And this is amazing to me, especially as a pastor. With all of that going on in her world, I mean, demonically inspired, physically manifested, she did not let her circumstances, her demon, if you will, keep her from the house of God. She was in church. Even with all of that going on, for some of us, all it takes is for us to look in the mirror and we got one wild hair and we're like, it's a bad hair day. I ain't going to church today. Got a bad hair day. Or some of us, I mean, here it is. 
It's a Saturday night in Death Valley, and LSU loses. And we're so depressed that we won't even get out of bed on Sunday till, till noon. You know, we're like, honey, please make me some breakfast in bed at noon. I can't get up. You know, I can't go to church. LSU lost. I mean, that's all it takes to keep us out of the house of God. Or, or maybe it's a headache, just a little headache that would never keep us from work. I'm a pastor, right? You can tell, can't you? But it keeps us out of church on a Sunday or a Wednesday. And this is a weird one. Either the weather's too good or it's too bad. You know, it's, it's too bad. Ooh, it's scary. We can't go to church. Or it's, it's too good. Hey, the weather's so good. Let's go fishing. Let's go for a drive. Let's go somewhere. The weather's so good. But not this woman. Think of it this way. Her condition was the devil's way of controlling her by... by we don't know how this happened, but by some means, by some open door, he, he had tethered himself to her. But instead of him keeping her from church, she drug his old skanky self to church with her. Amen? Can I tell you, the devil doesn't know what to do with a saint of God who drags his or her demons to church with them. I'm not free from this. I don't understand it. But I am walking into that house of the living God. I'm going to lift these hands. I'm going to sing those songs. I'm going to give him my praise and my worship. The devil might can do a lot of things, but one thing he cannot do is stop you from gathering together with God's people and offering up the praises of God and worshiping the Lord, if you so choose. If you so choose. We saw this with the demoniac at Gadara. When we were in Israel, we were on the Sea of Galilee, and the, the guide said, that is Gadara. You, if you know anything about my ministry, this is one of my favorite stories. And I heard angel choirs, I'm like, this is where that maniac ran down and started worshiping Jesus. And you know how he was worshiping him? He had thousands of demons possessing him. And yet he saw Jesus and made a beeline, slid into his presence and began to worship Jesus. And there wasn't nothing the devil could do about it. Somebody needs to tell your demons, I'm going to be set free today. I'm going to worship the Lord in Jesus' name today. I'm going to drag you to church Every time the doors are open. Amen. You got to give the devil the devil. You got to give hell to hell, right? You got to become a thorn in the devil's side. Some of you, you're about to start doing that. In C.S. Lewis's classic, The Screwtape Letters, the senior demon Screwtape tells his young nephew Wormwood, quote, Be not deceived, Wormwood. Our cause is never more in jeopardy than when a human, no longer desiring to do God's will, but still intending to do God's will, looks around upon a universe in which every trace of God seems to have vanished and asks why God has forsaken him and he still obeys. Think about that. He still obeys. When the woman in our reading looked at her circumstances, there was little to no evidence of God working on her behalf. As a matter of fact, the evidence pointed to the other way. The devil was working against her overtime and God was nowhere to be found. She saw no evidence of God in her universe. She was in bondage to the devil. 
And it had been this way for 18 long years. Now, I believe if you, if you break, I'm a, I'm a numbers guy, and I begin to break this down, 18 long years. Think of this, 216 months, you know? Some of you have a 15-year mortgage, and you're working on it, man. Here's 18 years. You'd have been debt-free from your house for three years, 216 months, 936 weeks. 6,552 days. That's a lot of days. 157,248 hours. 9,434,880 minutes. 566,000,000. I know some of you are writing this down. 566,000,000,000,000,000 seconds. She was in bondage, but she was going to church. She was in bondage. But she was faithful. But at this second of this minute, of this hour, of this day, of this week, of this month, of this year, Jesus walked into her presence and called her out and began to speak freedom over her and then touched her. And immediately for the first time in 18 years, she stood upright and she was free and everything changed. I'm going to tell you something. There are, there are people under the sound of my voice. You've been bound up, bent downward, depressed, down, discouraged for weeks and months and years. But Jesus has shown up to touch you, to lift your head, to make you free. And whom the Son sets free. In just a few minutes, we're going to pray. And I believe everything's going to change. Come on, give him some praise right now. Can you do it? Devil, you're a liar. Jesus is a truth teller. Now, now, Jesus said in verse 16 that this woman ought to be loosed from the bondage of Satan. Strange wording there, ought to be. She ought to be loosed from the bondage. Ought. It's powerful. It means of necessity. It means she had to be set free. Jesus compared and contrasted watering an ox or a donkey on the Sabbath to healing this woman on the Sabbath. In other words, you have to water your animal. You know, like you have to feed your kids. It's not like on the Sabbath you say, today, kids, you're not eating. You know, little Lyra Jane, you're not eating. You try telling Lyra Jane. Good luck with that, right? Uh, you, you have to feed your animals and water them. You have to feed your kids. Yeah, you, you, you gas up your car if you're going somewhere and there's no gas. You, you have to. This woman had to be set free is the wording. It's very strong. She ought to be. And the reason why is Jesus says she's a daughter of Abraham. A daughter of Abraham. Everybody say, a daughter of Abraham. Now, I want to drill down on this for a moment because there's something rich in here. It's a revelation. In John 8, the religious Jews said that they had never been in bondage to anyone, which was such a ridiculous statement because in the context of when they said that to Jesus, we've never been in bondage to anyone. They were in bondage to Rome. Right? The Roman Empire. And, and then, you know, prior in their history, there was Assyrian captivity and Babylonian captivity and Egyptian captivity. The book of Exodus is all about that bondage and them being set free. And they said, we've never been in bondage to, to anybody. To, to anybody. So could it be that, that they, they actually believe that? In other words... Because they were descendants of Abraham, listen, this is, you got to catch this. 
because they were descendants of Abraham, they believed that no matter what it looked like on the outside, it was impossible for them to really be in bondage to anybody because no weapon formed them would, against them would prosper. They, on the inside, there was a freedom that would later manifest. And, and I got I to tell you, I think that's what they had in mind. Who would have the audacity to say what they said? I've preached this for years like, like they were insane. Who would have the audacity to say that sanely unless they believed it? And I think the truth of the matter is, to, to spiritual descendants of Abraham, there is truth in that statement. But Jesus shot back at them and said, if Abraham was your father. Now, they were physical, ethnic descendants of Abraham. And yet Jesus says, if you were Abraham's kids, if Abraham was your father, you would do the works of Abraham, but you don't. You seek to kill me. In other words, Jesus was saying, you may be ethnic descendants of Abraham. He may be your father in a physical sense, but he is not your father in a spiritual sense. Because if Abraham was your father in a spiritual sense, then you would accept me. I am the seed of Abraham. I am the Christ. Jesus was saying you would be correct in stating no matter what the outside looks like, we are never really in bondage if you're the spiritual descendants of Abraham. But he was saying to those Jews in John 8, but guess what? You're not. You're not who you think you are. Jesus was saying, the reason I know you're not is because you've not accepted me. You've not turned to me. You're not trusting me in my word. In other words, it's what you do with Jesus that reveals your spiritual connection to Abraham. Now, are you with me? This is going to come around and make sense. What you do with Jesus determines your spiritual connection to Abraham. And that's important because it's the son, after all, who makes you free. So fast forward to this little demon-possessed lady in the synagogue. What does Jesus call her? A daughter of Abraham. He looked at those religious Jews and he said, you're not sons of Abraham. And they were physically but not in their heart. He looks at this woman and he says, daughter of Abraham. So we can determine, unlike those religious Jews, she has accepted him. She's open to him and his word. And because of that, there is a spiritual connection, a spiritual reality on the inside of her. It's in the faith realm, man. It's in the spiritual realm. And it's yet to manifest on the outside of her. And so Jesus says she ought to be made free. She's supposed to be free. She has a covenant right to expect to be free. This has to happen and I have the power to do it. Therefore, I will make it happen and I will make her free. Now, when everybody else in the synagogue that day looked at that woman, here's what stood out about her. She was hunched over. She was stuck. She couldn't move out her foot or her arm. She was looking down, depressed, despondent. This is the result of demonic oppression in her life. But what stood out to Jesus about her was not the exterior. It was what was on the inside. She had a heart of faith. 
She was open. Otherwise, he would not have called her a daughter of Abraham. Everybody else saw a bent and broken life. But Jesus saw a daughter of Abraham who was open to receive. And he said, I got to set her free. I have to set her free. Now, there are people in this house. Today, if we were to look at your exterior and we put up good facades, but if we could peer in there and man, see what's going on in your life, in your world, the devil's been wreaking hell in your life. There's a harness on you, man. There's oppression on you, ma'am. God's uh, trying to break that today. Addiction and sickness and sin and sadness and brokenness. But Jesus has come in the house and he's not so much concerned with that. He's looking on the inside and sees faith. And he said, if they've got faith, man, I can change what's going on on the outside. Come on, give him some praise. Hallelujah. He's come to set the captives free. This woman ought to be, ought to be free. Come on. I'm telling devil, the devil is a liar. People, people don't want to talk about the devil, want to ignore the devil. Uh, the, the majority of Christianity ignores the devil. He's, he's the dude in the red suit with the horns and whatever. The boogeyman Jesus defeated him. But there are so many Christians that are so oppressed by demonic spirits and the devil just wreaking hell and havoc in their life. But today is the day to, to, to be set free in Jesus' name. Hey, come on. Oh, clap your hands, all your people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Come on now. Submit yourselves unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. It's time for God to arise and his enemies to be scattered in Jesus' name. Stand with me right now. Stand with me right now. Hmm. Here's what we're going to do today. We, We need some freedom in this house. But thank God you're at the right place at the right time. And if you need to be set free, maybe it's a mindset, a pattern of thinking, a stronghold. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a spirit of infirmity, sickness that you just can't get away from. Maybe it's anger, jealousy, fear, depression, anxiety, whatever it is, God's wanting to set you free. And I felt the Lord lead me to tell you a little story here at the end. And it's a weird little story. I've shared it maybe once, maybe, maybe once here at LifePoint through the years, maybe a couple times. But it's, it's such a weird story. When I walked away from the Lord uh, years ago, you know, I was, some of you don't know my testimony, but I was raised in church, loved God, young preacher, things happened, lost my way, and ran like Jonah from the Lord, from the call of God, and ran. I was a good runner. I was a good runner. I ran fast and far. And, and there was, you talk about demons oppressing me. I had all kind of spirits messing with me and I was in Nashville and I was trying to be a rock star and, and in the 80s this is in the 80s y'all in the 80s I, I wanted to show myself to be all of that and so I went to the mall and, and I went to uh, the jewelry store and, and I got a big old earring in my left ear right big, big black stud right here big old earring and I was so proud now listen everybody and his brothers like piercing everything on the face under the face you know what I'm saying it's a different day today, but back then, man, it was a big deal. I walked out of that, that little store, and I was like, yeah, I'm a rock star. People give me evil eyes, questioning my sexuality, all these kinds of things. And 
And, and as the sexual question came around, it made me mad because in the United States, if, in those days, it, the, the things, whoever they are said, if your left ear is pierced, you're straight. But if your right ear is pierced, you're gay. And I was straight and people were accusing me of being gay. And, and I was like, I'm straight, you know. Well, you got an earring. What's well, in my left ear, you know. Then, <laughs> And it's like, it was silly. I was like, this is dumb. What if I, I'm a rock star. I'm international. I'm going to go to England one day. They're going to know who I am. And I thought, this is dumb. Anyway, I, I grew up in a religion with rules, and I'm sick of it all. So I got my other ear pierced, went back, got my other ear pierced. And, and then I got another earring, and then I was wearing big old hoops and stuff, just to mess with people, you know what I mean? Like, I am just done with this. And, uh, and I was far away from God. That, that's just tip of the iceberg. That wasn't nothing, man. Like what I was doing. And so through a long series of events, the Lord started reeling me back in, getting my attention. Valerie was a big part of that. And God started working on us both. And, 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 and she was coming back in church. And I was kicking and screaming. And, and, and the Lord just got a hold of me. And so I, I mentioned last week, I had, a, I had one leg in the world, one leg in the church. I was trying to maneuver both and live in both worlds and and so sometimes i'd be over too much in the church and i'd be like i am not like these people i am not like these people i'm i am who i am you know and i would i would leave and and i would at those times sometimes i'd go home and i'd secretly like i'd I'd go to work in my earrings i'd go put my earrings in and i'm like yeah no i'm not i'm not those people i am I'm, i'm this alter ego and and during that season the Lord just began to convict me. And he said, don't ever put those in again. And I was like, well, God, you know, you know how good I look. You know, like, there's, there's Donovan and Bono. And, like, you can't tell the difference, really, you know. Like, come on now. I set Nelson Mandela free when my volunteer work with Amnesty International. I'm a rock star. I need earrings. And the Lord's like, don't ever put those in again and I was like man but I was hungry for God God was convicting me and I'll never forget it I I said okay you win and I I threw them away now I'm not preaching about earrings today I'm preaching about humility I humbled myself in the presence of God and I said Lord this is so dumb right this is a physical act of obedience it seems so trivial But, y'all, this was an idol in my world. And I bowed the knee. It was an open door to Satan. And I said, okay, Lord, if that's what you want, I surrender. Here they are. Never, Never again. And it opened the door to heaven and closed the door to hell. And those influences lessened. And God's influence increased in my life. So when we cast out demons, come against the working of the devil in our lives and things like that, it is so vital that we humble ourselves. If we've been serving God for a long, long time, our, our temptation is to lean on the years of service, the merit badges and certificates on our wall, the money we've given and contributed, the good lives that we lead, And we'll get lifted up in pride over the good things we've done. Here's my track record, Lord. You know, I've been a good little boy. been a good little girl. 
And that pride can become an open door that the devil exploits and just starts messing again. And we're like, how is this happening? I'm a good guy. I'm a good girl. If my people who were called by my name will humble themselves, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. It's not about resisting him in your righteousness. It's about resisting him humbly in the name of the Lord. I don't have anything to offer, Lord. I I need deliverance. I need your help. And I know this is a stretch for some of you. And I'm closing hard right now. But I, I want to I just drive it home. Maybe those urges, maybe those drives, maybe those desires. It's not just your mind and your flesh. Maybe there's a devil that's exploiting and moving and governing and controlling you. You see it in lost wages, lost hours, creativity's gone down the drain, your relationships on the rocks. You can't seem to get over a hump. You're just kind of stuck in place. Maybe it's because you're being held back, but Jesus has come to set you free. It's just a matter of humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God that He can raise you up and put you on the road to your destiny and your calling. So here's what I want us to do right now, because I don't want anybody to be like left out. And you're left out because you, you, just, you just couldn't take this step. I want us to all come to the front right now. We're not going to attack you, but I want us to all come to the front right now. Because God's going to set some people free. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Maybe it's lack. Maybe it's debt. Maybe it's management. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's who knows. Whatever it is, the Lord's going to set you free. It's time for you to be free to make your own decisions without that demonic influence, man. Let's open the door to heaven and let heaven be the influence on us. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.